Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Starting over is hard work. Even if the old job or the old house or the old relationship wasn't even all that great, it's hard to step into something new. It's a shock to the system. It's overwhelming. It's, I mean, it's just that. It's, it's hard. If you've ever quit a job that you knew you should quit, or even if you've been let go from one, you know how hard it is to change. Getting to the point of quitting sucks. You know you're not happy. Your boss knows you're not happy. Uh, Your coworkers know you're not happy. Your friends and your family and your loved ones know you're not happy. But everyone resists the change right up until it happens because stability is more bearable than uncertainty for most of us even if that stability really isn't even all that great. Prioritizing stability and rationalizing some sense of normalcy is what leads artists and musicians to put down their brushes and their instruments uh, in order to take on more stable financial routes laid out for them by family or by peers or even by mentors. And for the rest of us, prioritizing stability and some sense of normalcy keeps our heads down, quiets our internal voice that was once so passionate and driven in order to just not stir things up or to not make a commotion. And then over time, that becomes our primary language and our primary lens through which we see the world, right? As kids, we saw the world with fresh eyes. Every flower was perfect. Every bug was wild looking and even scary and wonderful. Every storm set our imagination wild about what might be going on around us. Every book we read and every movie we watched made us daydream about living the lives of the characters that we saw in the stories. We dreamed about flying with birds, fighting against evil, falling in love, and doing something meaningful and doing something important. And then when we grew up, so many of us just lost that inner voice and that sense of imagination. We lost our vision of a world that was big enough for our dreams. We forgot how important we are to the world around us, and we let the rhythms of society tell us what we should value and how. It's so hard to start over. It's terrifying, and it's painful, and it takes so much work. And this really is the gift of this book that we call the book of Exodus in the Bible. It's a story about a whole nation of people trying desperately to start their lives over again. It's a story about a bunch of people who've gotten used to living as subjects as to an abusive and oppressive empire whose only expectation of them was to just do their bidding 
Exodus is the story of how a nation of slaves becomes something altogether different. The people who were once slaves in Egypt become the founders of an altogether new nation. It's a story about their struggle and our inherent struggle that comes whenever we try to start over in life. What we find is that old habits have to break, old comforts have to be let go of, old ways of thinking have to be transformed. And for the Hebrew people, it took 40 years to prepare themselves to start this new life over in a new place. The book of Exodus, the story of the transformation, it's their story of change. It's a story of escape from literal slavery and from a slavery to old mindsets, old comforts, old habits, old expectations, and old practices. They have to learn a lot of things. They have to learn to trust in God. They have to learn to trust one another. They have to learn how to govern themselves and lead themselves in, in new ways without Egypt telling them what they should or shouldn't do. They have to organize themselves around their mutual and divine vision of the world. They have to journey. They have to learn how to put one foot in front of the other. They have to fail. They have to experience hardship. They have to let one another down. They have to learn how to lift each other up. They have to learn how to pray and even why to pray. They have to learn how to advocate for themselves. And especially they have to learn to trust that God would be there no matter the circumstances they found themselves in. The specific passage that was read just a few minutes ago in our service is probably the best known part in the book of Exodus. Uh, After all the firstborn children in Egypt are killed in the middle of the night, the Pharaoh lets these Hebrew people go. They finally are granted their freedom. And that grant of freedom from Pharaoh is as it turns out, a very, very temporary uh, grant to them. The Hebrew people get maybe a few hours away, and then the Pharaoh essentially changes his mind, and he gathers 600 of his fastest chariot riders, his warriors, to run after the Israelites in order to force them back into slavery, right? And that is the moment that looks like everything has failed. They put themselves out there. They put their trust in Moses. They put their trust in God. They finally broke away to live a new life. They made the hard choice that they had to make in order to flee, in order to find freedom, in order to leave the terrible situation that they were in, trusting that everything would be okay. And of course, in the first few hours, nothing looks as though it's going to be okay. And this really becomes the first test of their trust in their experience of freedom, right? So Pharaoh's army was approaching their camp made up of families and made up of slaves. It looked incredibly bleak. And then that's when God steps in. Again, God steps in. 
Scripture tells us that God's messenger, who had been leading the way out of Egypt towards this land of promise, moved and stepped behind the Hebrew people so that this messenger stood between Egypt and the Hebrew people, between the army and the newly released slaves. And then even more than this messenger stepping behind the presence of God in the shape of a pillar of clouds and fire and smoke moved between these former slaves and the Egyptian army seeking to draw them back in. And then Moses, acting through the power that God has given him with God's presence, stretches his hands out over the waters that stand as a barrier to the freedom for these people. And the waters are pushed away by an eastern wind which cleared a stable pathway for the Israelites to walk through. And now we can read this and wonder about how God did these things and, you know, what, what sea it might have actually been. And, you know, those are all good questions for a Bible study, but I'm not sure they matter for us right now. Don't, nor do I really think that there's a good way to answer some of those questions. They're wonderful, wondering questions. But I do think that we're in a season of new beginnings. And it is potentially really helpful for us to observe how these pioneers of our faith, these pioneers of a faith in a divine kingdom, took their first step towards a new life laid out for them. Sometimes starting over, it seems, is terrifying. In fact, I'd guess that starting over is always terrifying. For the Hebrew people, it meant being pursued by a literal army while uh, they pursued a promise that they didn't even really have the imagination to envision yet. And for us as a church, it means stepping out in faith that whatever comes after this, after this pandemic, after this political season, after all of this, will be good and that it will be faithful even if it is different. We are in a season of significant change. The ways that we communicate with one another is changing. The ways that we work and play are changing. The ways that we worship is very clearly different now than it was before. The ways that we process news and media is different now. And it's all incredibly overwhelming, especially because we're having to adapt to all of it at the same time. And of course, this polarization that we're experiencing in the face of constant and gut-wrenching reports of violence against people with black and brown skin like Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and Richard Brooks and so many others who have not seen justice. It makes the weight of this kind of transformation that we need all the more tangible for us. We are going through a lot of change and a lot of transformation. And there is a lot that is left to be transformed in us and around us. And y'all, it is scary. It is hard. And it is a lot. And it is frustrating. And it is so, so, so much of a challenge. And so our cries out to God mirror the ancient ancestors to our faith. God, why would you bring us here? 
and leave us to die. We idealize the past. We long to go back to a reality that existed. Some of us in 2015, some of us in 2019, or maybe 1980 or even 1950, and some of us just want to go back to 1776, and we worry about what freedom in the next life will look like. Well, here's what I think it might be. I believe with all of my heart that God is leading us towards good things. I know that because we have evidence that this is the way that God works in our world. God steps into bleak moments in history. God empowers the people that are on the margins of society, and then God calls us all towards a renewed sense of freedom and unity. This is that moment. We're being called toward, towards a genuine freedom, and it is terrifying, and it is so, 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 so good. Right now, we're uncovering the worst parts of our society. We're experiencing our own version of the Ten Plagues. We're learning what it means to be pursued by a culture that just wants us to conform and be comfortable with slavery. We're learning how to gird ourselves, how to set our eyes on the horizon, and we are learning finally how to trust in a God that is consistently bigger than we are, consistently stronger than we are, consistently wider than we are and always kind. It is not easy. And I think that's kind of the point. Following God in the wilderness is not easy because it changes us. Learning freedom in God means letting go. It means trusting in God. It means learning to love the people who are at our sides. It's a beautiful process. It's a sacred process. Letting go of who we've been, letting God speak in our hearts, and taking our first steps towards a promised land of abundance and unity in the face of significant adversity. That is where I am walking. That is where I hope our church will walk towards the kingdom of God. And because we're walking towards this kingdom, there will be changes because change is inevitable. Changes will come in our hearts, in our relationships, in our habits, in our values. And all I have to say to that is thank God. Our journey is only just beginning. The cloud is at our back, protecting us. The presence of God is before us, clearing the path, and the messenger of God is at our side, advocating for those at the margins and supporting us in our journey as we walk forward. This is going to be okay. It is going to be good. Let us be faithful. Let us be resolute. Let us be united in our pursuit of this sacred transformation. Let us affirm our faith together. Amen.
Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.